The views and comments expressed on the Space Show by its guests, callers, and listeners belong to them. The Space Show and its hosts serve only as a platform and are not responsible for others' comments or views. All topics discussed on the Space Show are primarily for educational purposes. program on Monday evening. I'm your host, David Livingston. Thank you for being here. This is the follow-up program from last Tuesday when we lost telephone contact with planet Earth and we had to reschedule our ISDC NSS program, which is what we're doing tonight. And um, once again, Aggie Coburn is with us and Rod Pyle is with us. And uh, ISDC has a website and you can go to isdc.org. 20, excuse me, just isdc2023.nss.org and follow along with uh, much of what we're talking about. Uh, more about that in just a minute. Um, we're doing a 60-minute format for tonight, so if you want to call and email us, please pay attention to the clock and, and do so. And then um, just a couple of things about the week's schedule very, very quickly. Dave Barnard is the CEO of Arkisis, if I'm saying that correctly, A-R-K-I-S-Y-S, and uh, they're doing special communication things, and uh, he's going to talk about that on the space show tomorrow night, and I'll give you a better introduction then. I'm trying to save some time for our guest tonight. Laura Montgomery is our Hotel Mars guest on Wednesday. Uh, we're going physics uh, with new tools for SETI uh, coming from... Um, black hole research and, and wave uh, lengths and all sorts of different things. From Giannini Martire, he's been on the show before, and his UCLA grad student uh, uh, person, who actually is the lead author on their paper, Luke Sellers, and that paper is up on our blog for that show for Friday, so check it out. And then, da-da-da-da, drum roll, if I knew how to imitate that, NSS own John Strickland is back with us on Sunday for a special program about Starship because he was there and saw it, uh, energy from space, including nuclear and solar power and more, plus other details. So that is the coming week on the program. Our toll-free number is 866-687-7223. Email drspace at thespaceshow.com. Uh, everybody, please remember that we are a 501c3 nonprofit with one ONE Giant Leap Foundation, and we are listener-supported, meaning those of you that hear the show, you're the ones that support it and keep us on the air. And we ask you to keep doing that and continue to support us. Uh, we are a thirsty space show program. Uh, we're equipment. We're not labor-intensive because I'm the only guy here but we are certainly equipment and hardware and media intensive. Uh, so your support is welcome. 
there's a PayPal button on the upper right of our homepage, thespaceshow.com. If you use Zelle, the email address is david at onegiantleapfoundation.org. And if you're mailing a check, it's made payable to One Giant Leap Foundation and comes to our Las Vegas address, which is on uh, the PayPal button and our website. And don't forget, we have sponsors, banner ads, and uh, PR messages from our sponsors. If you're interested, uh, let me know. Just send me an email, and uh, we will be glad to um, give you the full program. And uh, our sponsors are really great. They've been with us for quite a while, and uh, I hope they will remain to be with us. And I will shout out their names uh, later in the program or at the end of the program. Uh, But I want to get to talking to both Aggie and Rod about ISDC. It's about three weeks away in uh, the Dallas, Texas suburb of Frisco. Aggie, uh, like we did before, why don't you lead us off, okay? Sure. Is it three weeks away? My goodness, three and a half weeks away. You're right. Um, We are looking forward to an exciting program um, I'll run through some of the speakers. And thank you, David, by the way, for inviting us onto the show and letting us talk about ISDC. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you and being on the program. We've got a really interesting lineup this year. Um, I'll just run through some of the, the keynote speakers that we've got coming in. There's been a couple of switches recently, uh, which I'll announce here, and, and we're going to be putting them on the website. But Jared Isaacman, and we all remember him from the Inspiration Mission, uh, is going to be our keynote, but we have now um, had to change him to speaking Thursday evening uh, because of some weekend situations with him. So we have switched Dr. Eric Smith, who is from the James Webb Space Telescope Program, to Saturday evening. And the exciting news is they're both able to talk to our students as well. I've been getting emails and, and, and information today from them, and, and we're going to be able to plug them into our student programs as well. So that's always really Nice to do. Um, we've got Bonnie Dunbar on Friday evening. We have Dylan Taylor, who a lot of your um, listeners probably know, Friday for l- at lunchtime. Uh, Dr. Pascal Lee on, on um hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, on Friday at lunchtime. Pascal will be there on Saturday at lunchtime. Daniel Suarez will be there on Sunday at lunchtime. Rob can tell you much, much more about him because he's read more of his material than I have. And we have a new speaker on Saturday, on Sunday night. It's Isaac Arthur. Um, for part of the evening, and then it's Eileen Collins, who um, just confirmed today with her new book, and she'll be doing a book signing there and, and speaking as well. Um, and Eileen's got a really interesting story to tell. So we have a lot of really wonderful speakers. We've got panels that are predominantly women, and I'm really excited about that. Um, women Forging the Next Frontier is Friday mornings, and we've got a number of female speakers as well. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting lineup. It's it's a good number of speakers, lots and lots of tracks, lots of speakers in the tracks, and more than enough to do for the four days of the conference. We've got receptions every evening. We've got luncheons and dinners and lots of things for students to do as well, and we're trying to um, bring that program forward so that they get to hear a lot of our keynotes at various times through the course of the day. So there's just a, a tremendous amount going on, and you're going to be getting an award. Um, that's exciting. And that's still on Saturday night, correct? That is still on Saturday night, yes, but now it's going to be the web telescope after your talk, rather. We're going to move things around a little bit Saturday night. So um, the web telescope comes after me, so I'm the lead for the web telescope? 
You are, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I, I, believe. Brother. Yeah. I, I hope they don't leave the room. <laughs> well, I'm, as well, I told you, know, you... We had to do a little rearranging because of the extra award, so your your little ball is going to be styrofoam instead of pewter, but that's, you know, that's, it floats in the bathtub. So that, that's okay. Uh, yeah. uh, I've, well, I won't make that comment, but... Um, so, uh, I, I, as I said last Tuesday before the phones went out, I have been ordered to keep it very, very short. So um, your, your uh, telescope people will have to be uh, on the ready line, ready to go, because uh, it'll take me probably longer to hobble up to the stage than to, uh, to give my thank you comments. So, um, but they may surprise some of you. I'm not, well, I'm, I'm hoping they have some pictures we haven't seen anywhere else. I'm asking them to bring some things along that are new and have not been seen elsewhere yet. You know, if you're in touch with them, I have a very serious question, okay? If, are you mm-hmm. in touch with them before ISDC? Uh, yeah, I'm in touch with them tomorrow, Okay, actually. So I read an article shortly after it went online. And up in Northern California, in some little podunk town, there is a woman, a young woman, actually she's a young girl by my standards, who does a lot of their re-imaging for them. And she learned how to do it on her own, and she makes these incredible color pictures of Webb's imaging, which is not color, it's, you know, because it's infrared. And she turns them into many of the images that we're seeing online as Webb images. And it gave her name, but no way to contact her. I really wanted to find out who she is and invite her to be on the space show. And maybe she's coming to ISDC. Her work is unbelievable. And I'm sure they know who, know who I'm talking about. And um, somehow she is the one that they use. I'm sure they use more than just one person. But she has access to turning a lot of these web pictures into what we see as incredible pictures. Can you see if they would share sure. her name and contact sure. her? Sure. I'm actually I'm actually talking to their PR people, so they would they would probably know well, they um, might who know she is But and as a last resort I will certainly ask the gentleman at, at ISDC because I really would love to, to talk to her. She sounds like a fascinating young woman. So uh, Sure. Um I will ask. I will ask. Um so um what um, what should people know? Well, one thing I'm always asked about before, what should people really know that's crucial about ISDC this year, is is anything going to be live-streamed? Um, live-streamed, no, not really. We are going to be – there are certain things that we're going to stream out um, because they're competitions and some of the people won't be there. There's several competitions that happen at ISDC, and – we are kind of working with, with with working working with streaming some of those out and interactivity, but there's no speakers as in keynote type speakers that we are planning on streaming out this year. Okay, that's your question. Are they filmed uh, for seeing on archives or getting on archives if if people wanted to to hear the talk by the James Webb chap? Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's an interesting question. We do film some things. For our archival purposes, so that if we want to go back to it or, or retrace something, we can do it. We haven't really put that footage out because it's not just a matter of filming it. Then you have to edit it, clean it up, do all of those things. And basically, it's been sitting in its raw form most of the time. 
So um, that's an interesting question. Not my not my decision, uh, but in the past, typically we have we have basically raw footage of all the different talks. Okay, not to say you uh, have that's where it's you probably have to get releases too, and that that can be a yeah. Royal we have thing. to get releases. We have to edit. You know, nothing. As much as everybody says, you know, this is exactly the way it happened there, typically if you filmed it, it is not exactly the way it happened there. There has to be some cleanup done to it and and things like that. So our plan is not to do that. It is a live conference, and our hope is that people who want to see and hear it and that there are many who do, um, come and see and hear it. You know, that's that's it's not meant to be something you can watch later on. We do other things that you can watch later on, but not ISDC. It's meant to be a live conference. Ron, we won't stream in speakers either, by the way. If if a speaker can't make it, then we move on to somebody else. We don't want to stream them. We've had several that have asked if they could stream in, and we've said no. No, that's a disaster. You're smart not to do that. Uh, Ron, mm-hmm. what is your role for ISDC this year? Oh, good Lord. I'm the fireman. So uh, <laughs> I'll be presenting a number of the awards. I'm seeing a couple of things. I'm doing the... Uh, now a fixture, uh, Space 2.0 plenary panel on Sunday, which is always a lot of fun because I'm able to get exciting people onto that panel. And I'm doing a, moderating a talk with you and Pascal Lee, you two Pioneer Award winners. And that's going to be fun. I'm, get, I'm, I'm really hoping to be able to get you into a little bit of a sniping fest, but I kind of doubt it'll work, but I'm going to try. What, you want um, Pascal and me to snipe at one another? Yeah, yeah. What kind of a he said, she said sort of, uh, you know, hey, Pascal, we really ought to, we, we need to settle Mars with millions of humans. And he'll say, no, nah, we really need to start with just the science outpost, and I'll, I'll get you guys going. You know, it's like playing with plastic dinosaurs. I, I, I probably agree with Pascal. Well, I know that's the problem, so I'll have to be. But if, if you want me but, to be the protagonist, I, I can play that role. Well, there you go. I and mean, I should mention, uh, we just added Robert Zuber to the lineup, so he'll be there. But not on our panel. That's something different, correct? That's something different, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to confuse that. Um, And uh, Greg Autry, of course, is coming, and Greg's always interesting because he's kind of put himself at the nexus of policy and politics and business with regard to new space. And, of course, he teaches the Thunderbird School of Global Management. He's got a new um, entrepreneurship program there specific to space efforts, so that's always kind of fun. Daniel Suarez, which uh, Melanie mentioned, is a science fiction author who, for me, kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I had heard of him, but I but I hadn't read his books. And uh, he was going to be a featured guest on the podcast network that I do my podcast with, This Week in Space. And they said, hey, you know, he'd be interested in being on your podcast. I said, great. And I started researching him a little bit. He's written seven novels. He started off with techno thrillers because that was his business. He was in... Uh, high-end IT consulting and, and systems networks for years, and decided to be a novelist. And his stuff, you know, instantly hit the New York Times bestseller chart. So he wrote two space books. One's called uh, Delta V, and the sequel is called Critical Mass. They're two of a trilogy. And so I got the book, you know, before the podcast to read it, because that's what you do. And it's like being in 2063 and looking back and seeing that civilization has followed the NSS's roadmap to space development. I mean, he is singing our song to the minute. So I think that's going to be really interesting because if you're an old-time L5-er or even from the original NSI, early days of the NSS, or anything affiliated with that, 
he's he's not just talking in vague terms about what that future might be like, but he describes the physics of it, the exact metals to be used, where you're going to get them. You know, it's almost the point where it was kind of flying over my head because some of it got a little bit technical, but in a fun way. So that's great. Um, also, Michelle Hanlon, who's the co-director of the Aerospace Law Center at University of Mississippi, will be there talking about space law, which, you know, you say the word space law and some people kind of look at you like, oh, lawyers, but she makes it fascinating. And she's an academic, so she's really got a very strong background in something that's just kind of being embedded now. I mean, it's been around for decades one form or another, but in terms of something being more organized and uh, systematic, she's been at the forefront of that, and, and a bunch of other people, you know, I'll be speaking, you'll be speaking, so we're going to we're gonna have a good time, and I just want to say one other thing, which is, you know, I, I like ISDC because it combines the best of what you might find at a conference like Space Symposium, which is sensational, but it's very much industry and government oriented, with my tribe, you know, so <laughs> it's a little bit like going to a Star Trek convention for science. I mean, I can find people that would like to sit down and talk about things I care about, and I don't find them falling asleep over their coffee or rolling their eyes because they say something about space. Not that that happens at home, but as I'm sure we've all experienced, you get to certain crowds, you know, if you go to the Kiwanis Club meeting or something, it's not something most people are fascinated for about 10 minutes, and then they want to talk about their golf game. So, you go to an ICC and you got four days of people, you know, who are playing your tune. So I really, really enjoy that part of it a lot. Uh, There's another really wonderful thing about it, and, and we've talked about this before, the fact that people can just walk up to anybody and have a conversation with them. You can walk up to, you know, I always find that just really exciting that, that you can just have a conversation with anybody that's there, any of the speakers if they're walking around, and often they are. Um, and pretty much anybody else, and and that doesn't happen anywhere except at something live like this. Well, where you've I'm, got Aggie, all I'm, sorts of different people. I'm taking appointments for people that want to talk to me. So <laughs> taking appointments and checks and checks. That, that that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, me too. And uh, the, the, I'm the hoping the, for something over five dollars, but it hasn't happened yet. The amount of time you want with me depends on how big the check is. So. Right, uh, right. That, 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 that's, that's how, how well, that. Well, David, I hope you won't be offended when I when I go hang out with Bonnie Dunbar or Eileen Collins and talk about their space shuttle flights. Is that okay? Uh, no, that's that's okay. I because I, they're free. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, that, that's okay. You you can you can do that because <laughs> I, I, I know you like to talk your books up on the space show, so you'll be back. And Daniel's been on the show twice, and he's become a friend. And I got him on John Bachelor's. CBS show, and he's just a big hit wherever he goes. So uh, people who are not familiar with him will really, really, really enjoy uh, Daniel's Sunday luncheon presentation. Well, and, and what a depth of knowledge for a guy who didn't come from this field. I mean, there's a lot of unbelievable faces yeah. we know that kind of came to it from other things, but most of us have been hanging around and orbiting this for a long time, and here he comes out of the IT systems network, consulting world and, and it's like I can barely keep up with the guy it's like how dare you know so much so soon hey it's pretty impressive Todd sent in an email and said uh, I asked the same question last week before your phones went out I still have not made my reservation have I missed any low cost discount drop dead dates well he's missed the early bird one because that one ended on April the 15th 
Okay. But other than that, we're, we're, we're the same until literally the day of or the day before the conference. So he should sign up. He definitely shouldn't just come without signing up. That's going to cost substantially more. Okay. And the hotel, are there still rooms at the Doubletree? There, it's not a, uh, it's a embassy suite. Em- embassy suites, I'm sorry. It's yeah. an embassy suite and everybody gets a suite and everybody gets breakfast and an evening reception. And it's a great breakfast. Um, yes, there are still rooms at the hotel. We have about another week or so before that closes off. But every so often we get something, somebody sending us an email saying there's no more rooms available. What happens is, is if one of the nights is booked solid, like Sunday kept getting booked up. I don't know why we end on Sunday, but I guess more people are staying than we anticipated. So we have to add rooms to it. So if you do get a note saying rooms are not available, it's usually one night and it's usually at one or the other end of the conference. So it's a good idea just to send me a quick email and we call the hotel and add some more nights on there. Do you want to give out your contact information? Sure. I can be reached. Um, my Actually, my phone number is the best way to reach me, especially for something like that. It's 949 949- Nine four nine eight three six eight four six four. And that's the cell phone, and right? It, that's a cell phone. And if there's any difficulty with reservations or registering um, or anything like that, the best thing to do is call me because I'm inundated. Every time I open up my emails, there's another hundred. Literally in two or three hours, I'll get a hundred emails, and I'm trying to keep up with them and sort out what the junk mail is. But it's really tough sometimes. Uh, and I know it's possible. I'm missing that. a few things no, here and there. This is a person who lives on her cell phone, and by the time I try and get her at four in the afternoon, I end up getting routed to voicemail because her batteries run down for the third time that day. So <laughs> you keep your voicemail box emptied out, okay? Um, I will do my best. Okay. Julie in Dallas sent me a note. She says, I live in Dallas. I am planning to uh, commute uh, going back and forth. Um the conference rate is the same if you live in Dallas or live elsewhere? Yes, you just don't have to pay for a hotel, which saves you substantial amounts of money because you're not paying for a hotel. We kept the conference rates as low as we can keep them and, and still, you know, have, have, it, have it cover the cost of the conference. Um, we really do try to keep it low. You'll notice that when you look at it. And we've got day rates for local people. Um, so folks who live in the area who are just coming in for the day, we've got some special rates for them as well. Um, any side trips, anything like that for the, the Dallas Metroplex area? Not this time. Um, there are times in certain cities where we plan uh, some extracurricular activities, but we have not done that this time. We have some suggestions. And Frisco um, Visitors Conventions Bureau is giving us a whole bunch of information to hand out there to people on things to do in the area. Um, to me, the Star Arena is kind of one of the coolest things there. That's where the Cowboys practice, and it's a re- an arena that was built in Frisco a few years ago. And it's just a beautiful facility, and it's a lot of fun. And you can often catch the Dallas Cowboys practicing there. I have twice now when I've been there. Um, interesting. Um, listeners, if you would like to call to talk to Rod uh, or Aggie or both, and ask some questions about ISDC, please give us a call, 866-687-7223. Of course, you can continue to use email, drspace, at thespaceshow.com. And uh, Randy uh, sent in an email, and uh, I hope maybe they'll start using the phone. But Randy says, uh, are any tracks still open where we might be able to submit an abstract and still present? 
many roads to space. That's, that's which track is sort of, open. That is our track that has a number of different things on it. I think most of the other tracks are pretty full now. In fact, their deadline was May 1 today to get all of their information in about their tracks, and I think most of them have now come in. You never know what could happen in the next couple of weeks, but at this point, um, they look pretty complete. Who do they contact if they want to find out about many roads to space? Oh, they go on the website and they submit an abstract. Okay. That one's open-ended right until the time of the conference, unless it fills up completely, and I know it's not full right now. So you, you don't send it to the track coordinator. You just do it through the website then. For that one, it's through the website. Initially, all of the all of the abstracts came in through the website, and they would get routed to the different coordinator, the different track chairs, depending on what the topic was. Uh-huh. But at this point, because most of the tracks are full, um, they just come in, and, and Michael sees them right away. There's a couple other people who see them right away, and they route them to the appropriate place. Um. Rod, what stands out for you? What What is your interest at ISDC? What do you like the best? Well, one of the things I'm going to be endeavoring to do once I work past the crowd is just touching Jared Isaacman's sleeve. Because this guy, you know, in, 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 a, in a smaller but not dissimilar way to what Musk has done, he's really changed how a lot of us look at spaceflight. Private individual dropped out of high school, got his GED because he was too busy making money and building his business to finish high school, which appeals to me. Uh-huh. Um, and and then, you know, built multiple companies, uh, his credit card processing company and his private military training air force and so forth, uh, to the point that he can afford to have sort of, a, a, in effect, a private space program. I mean, he's using SpaceX hardware. But between Inspiration4, which was the first completely private flight of astronauts, as you know, and uh, now the Polaris Dawn program where he's going to, you know, this next flight they're doing, they'll be the highest orbit even beyond that record set by Gemini back in the 60s. Um, some talk of possibly doing a flyby of Hubble. We'll see if that's part of the drill or not. But and ultimately flying on Starship. I mean, this is a really sensational guy, and he's approachable, and he talks to us. You know, he's he's not talking over his head. So I, I really like the way he approaches things. I always enjoy uh, spending time with Pascal. It's funny, uh, Pascal Lee will be speaking on Mars and some other subjects. He and I spent a month up in the Arctic together last summer. So we got to know each other better even than we had. We've known each other for about 10 years. But here's a guy that can come into a, a room full of people who are, you know, it's of the ICC crowd. They're sophisticated space enthusiast, but not everybody has a science or engineering degree. And he can talk at a pretty high level. And when I used to work at Caltech at JPL, I'd go to these kind of things all the time. And some scientists, which Pascal is a planetary scientist, a doctorate, talk just far enough over the heads of their audience, they start losing them, and the audience begins to uh, – you've seen it. You know, they begin yeah, to the lose time. their attention uh-huh. and their songs, get up and leave and so forth. I've never seen a single person leave a Pascal Lee talk. There's something about the way he presents it, his earnestness, his enthusiasm, and his expertise that makes it okay that he's talking about these fairly sophisticated topics in a fairly sophisticated way. So that's always a real treat. And and so many others. You know, Isaac Arthur is a brilliant guy. If you've seen his YouTube channel, there's a reason he's got, I think, now coming up on 800,000 subscribers. Because he's just fascinating, and he could talk for an hour about 
alien megastructures and their fashion sense or whatever it is he's doing that week. And of course, you know, Bob Zubin's always a, a crowd pleaser. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be a great week. Uh, <clears throat> uh, absolutely. Pascal is a special guest next Tuesday, by the way. Right. So, um, Aggie, do you get time to go to any of the events to listen to any of the speakers or are you, are you busy working the infrastructure? I'm, I'm busy most of the time, but I always make time to go hear at least parts of talks. Um, you know, I'll pick three or four, and, and I, I'm particularly interested in a few of them this time. And I'll just make sure I get in there. I know exactly when they're going to start the talks, or even if I can't get there much before that, I can get in there for that. And unless there's some emergency, I can usually stay through the talk, particularly the dinners, because by then things are winding down and we're not having as many issues with anything else and there's no tracks going on. Lunches can sometimes be a little bit more difficult. But but I usually manage to hear at least parts of most of the dinner speakers. And, and this time I really am very interested in hearing, um, I think, all of them, actually. I want, I want to make sure I get to all of them at least a little bit. Um, you have an email from Ben in Atlanta, and he says, is there any chance there might be a surprise guest that you don't want to tell us, but maybe the surprise guest looks like Elon? <laughs> mm. uh, I don't think so. You never know what comes up the last well, few weeks because we, we invite people that... Exactly. Uh, Came through, right? Rod, we didn't hear you. What, what, what did you say? Sorry, th- there was some discussion about somebody from SpaceX, but I don't think that came together, did it, Aggie? No, it didn't. But, sure. you know, as I said, sometimes things come up where we get notification a week before of somebody who said they didn't think they could make it and schedules change. So I always say anything's possible, but it wasn't It wasn't Elon. It was somebody else from SpaceX that we were talking to. So no, no surprise guests are planned. No surprise guests are planned, but that doesn't mean it does not happen. Even when surprise guests are not planned, we have invited a number of people who, for one reason or another, couldn't make it, and sometimes their plans change. And they do let us know that now, I think we've already had one or two of those, and they do let us know that now they can make it. Do we still want them to attend? Well, and Eileen Collins was a last-minute. That's true. Eileen was one. Yeah. well, and uh, I, I know Bob Zubrin was, was kind of late in, in confirming, too. So, Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but and we are in Texas. So. What does that have to do with anything? Well, space date, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for SpaceX is what you're saying, right? Well, for Houston, sure. for, for everything, yes. Yeah, there's so many things going on in Texas right now. He's, he's messing with us, Aggie. Um, I know he is, um, but I'm just adding to it. Um, I know you have plans far, far into the future. So uh, before I forget to ask, uh, where is ISDC next year? We have plans years into the future. Next year it's in Los Angeles, which is usually our biggest ISDC. L.A. tends to be the largest in terms of attendees and the easiest sometimes to get certain speakers. Both Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos were guests of ours in Los Angeles at various different times. Um, it's it's just a little I don't know a little more central a little more local I live near there uh-huh. not the reason <laughs> but um, we are planning a different um, bent a little bit next year it'll be a little bit of a surprise to people so we'll leave it kind of open ended but L A tends to be um, a little bit different than the other ones so L A is coming up next year it'll be at the Sheridan Gateway Hotel where we've been 
many times before, right by LAX, so it makes it really easy for people flying in and catching a shuttle. And then the following year, we are at um, the Hyatt Regency in Crystal City, just on the outside of Washington, D.C., by Ronald Reagan Airport. And then the big difference, the big change is the year after that, we will be in Orlando, Florida, which we have not done in a very long time. Um, one of the main reasons for that is our office is now headquartered at Kennedy Space Center in Orlando, Florida. So we will have a side trip to Kennedy for everybody that comes to the conference. When, when did you move the offices to Florida? Uh, officially January 1st, the office opened up in Florida. So it's and not, it's not it's, in Orlando, it's a lot of, at Kennedy Space Center next to the visitor well, center. Yeah, well, that's yes. what... The conference is in Orlando. The office is in Kennedy right. Space Center. Um, okay, so that takes us to 2026, correct? Correct. Wow. Um, yeah. Why do you keep going to D.C.? Is that because of wanting to be with the politicians, or what is the attraction to always coming back to Washington, D.C. area? What do you think, Rod? Well, we used to be headquartered there. We're not anymore. Um, I, I think there's some some awareness that, you know, that's obviously the political seat of power, and we have our March storm and the fall fury, I think, events that they do where they advocate and so forth. And it's a great place to go if you want people from NASA headquarters showing up or from the national reputation from some of the aerospace contractors and so forth. So, you know, that's a big draw for that community. Just dropping a hint for the L.A. location, it is the center of the entertainment business, and we might have some people you'd recognize from TV and movies coming. So that's one advantage to L.A. And then Orlando, of course, besides Kennedy Space Center, it's just a fun city to be in, and there's a ton of cool stuff to do there. Um. Absolutely. You have a, a phone call, and now I was going to ask you some other questions. Hang on. Um, okay. Good evening, caller. Welcome uh, to our ISDC special program. Who are you? Where are you, please? Uh, this is Dr. Sherry Bell. I'm in Las Vegas. Hi, Sherry. Can you turn off your computer speakers or turn them down? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Good evening, caller. Welcome uh, to our ISDC We're We're special getting feedback from you. Uh, this is Dr. Shin. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Is it better now? Perfect. I feel I like this is before. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Rod. Hi, Aggie. Hello, Sherry. Hi. I'm glad you guys came back. <clears throat> it was so strange when it got cut off. I was like, wow, how could that even happen? Uh, uh, I uh, we're going to colonize Mars and we can't do a three-way conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we always come back, Sherry. Haven't you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was well, thinking just, about if, what if, I like about the ISDC. Hold on, hold on. One, okay. at, one, one at a time. What were you saying, Sorry. Rod? I just want to jump in for a second and, and, and call out Sherry Bell. <laughs> was a member of the uh, predecessor, one of the predecessor groups of the National Space Society. So she's been doing this for a long time, knows everybody, knows everything, and has a sense of humor that can cut through titanium. So um, it's, a, it's a real joy having you call in. Oh, thank you, Rod. kind of you to say. But, you know, it's that years and years of... Uh, you know, being around and you get a pretty good feel for the people. And I think one of the things Aggie said that was kind of interesting was that 
the people, even very famous people, are super approachable. Hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm constantly impressed by that. I, <clears throat> speaking specifically of one guy, uh, Robert Zubrin, <clears throat> when Robert Zubrin is on, he absolutely makes himself available. I've had him speak in a track before, and he will stay over. I always, when I have Zubrin in my track, I always, Either he ends at noon or he ends before the dinner, you know, because he will stay over and he will talk 20, 30 people. He, he, he doesn't rush off and, you know, he's a busy man. He will talk and talk and talk to people. And it's like he answers questions. He's just such a personable fella, you know. <clears throat> so he's just one of many who I can think of. But, yeah, that was because that was my first experience with somebody famous was having Zubert on the track and the way he acted, I was like, wow, this guy's really, oh, sort of on point, on mission, you know, and, and knows what it's going to take. And what it's going to take is, you know, uh, uh, convincing people, you know. And he'll, he'll and, stay and do that. And there are lots of other I, examples. I think, uh, I think that's good. That's the wonderful thing about ISTC is that, you know, Bob's a perfect example of that, but there's so many people that are like that, that will continue the conversation that you can stop, you know, at, a, at the reception or just walking down the hall or whatever mm-hmm. and, and get into a really nice, wonderful conversation, ask questions, and they're so approachable. I mean, I haven't found very many that aren't at any of the ISCCs since I've been involved with them, and that's about 10 years. Um, yeah, I think just one nice guy that was a little unapproachable was because he was extremely shy scientist. He's not even used to be talking to him. Somebody talks to him, but he just like his face goes blank because his mind is closed because he doesn't know what to say. You know, I think I saw one guy like that once. Hey, Sherry. Hmm? Uh, Sherry, tell us about your track. You you have a a very famous track called "Living in Space." Why, why don't you yeah. tell the list? And, and your track goes over two days. So why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about "Living in Space"? What I do when my track, when I say living in space, I I go to other conventions and I listen to people when I if I really like them, they're engaging and it's not something I've heard before. I invite them to be on my track the next year, and then I have some people who come who, who you know sort of repeat, you know, and and that's wonderful. Actually, that's how uh, Isaac Arthur, you know, he was in our track last year, right? And it was just a, a absolutely wonderful pleasure for him and his wife. Uh, we just all had a great time. And talk about somebody who's personable and likes to mingle with people. Both he and his wife are very sociable, very approachable. And he's brilliant. You know, it's just absolutely what he does. He's creative. Yeah. And he's also very smart. Uh, but, I'm not yeah. sure everybody knows he's exactly. now the president of the National Space Society. Right. He is the president. He, he is now, but he wasn't then, but I'm so glad. No, he wasn't then. <laughs> what did but you that say? That was exciting to have him become the president of the NFS. That was really. And that came out of his being, I think it, it started when he was at ISDC last year with the conversation right. things, and it sort of grew out of that. Right. Yeah. Somebody told me about him. And I kind of, oh, what? It took me a few months to follow up, and when I started watching his shows, which I I watch his shows just kind of at a, okay, I want to learn a little bit about dark matter. 
So I'll go and find dark, uh, Isaac Arthur's Dark Matter. What I'm saying is I do not watch his shows in sequential order by any means. I just watch him whatever topic, you know, in topic order. Uh, so I was like, this guy is worth listening to. It is worth time and all that stuff. And so that's when I got closer acquainted with him, you know, and was just absolutely, he's approachable. Like I said, he answers the phone, he'll talk for an hour. You know, he just, he's just such a nice, nice guy. Uh, let's see, who, who else is on your, who else is on your track show? No, I can't, I'll have to pull it up and David made me turn my computer off, though. Let me know. Well, just, I just wanted you to turn the sound off. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding you, David. I know better than do it to do it like that, but I was hoping it wouldn't interfere. I had it right well, you and, in front you of me. Well, you and Pat are on your track, correct, too? Uh, yes, this is the, the one. Yeah, Pat Pascal. Yeah, this is the one you're okay. moderating, and, and you want me to be the protagonist. Right. Now, right, you and Pascal with Rod moderating, that's going to be the fun, oh, one of the most fun things about it, you know. I have Dr. A.J. Kafari, who I don't know, but I've had lots of communication with him. He sounds like a wonderful fella. You know him, David, right? Yeah, he, he is very dedicated and uh, very knowledgeable and uh, a big supporter of nuclear, especially through the use of thorium, both for power mm-hmm. as well as for space, and he's also very articulate. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. Okay, I have a few uh, psychological things this year. So, uh, I have a, uh, can spaceflight blow your mind? Psychological challenges for long-duration missions. And then let's see. Um, let me see. Okay, Boley going where no archaeologists have gone before. The International Space Station Archaeological Project, what I didn't even know about before, but I'm very interested in learning what they found. It's been done. The study has been completed, and this guy's giving us the report. Uh, so we should know what they what they found. You know, their findings are going to be very interesting. Zubrin is is going to uh, talk about what can we we can what can we create on Mars. So that's going to be really interesting because Zubrin again is one of the best minds. Well, on the planet, uh, and so far as Mars colonization, Mars settlement is concerned. Um, we got Jim Bell, you know, really famous guy. He used to be the president of the Planetary Society. He's a planetary scientist with Arizona State University. He's going to talk about the perseverance and Mars sample return missions. Um, we have Marianne Dyson, who I haven't heard from for a while. Stories, she was a, a former uh, NASA flight controller. She's going to just tell stories. Stories from shuttle mission, shuttle mission control. But one of the very few really? women in that role in that era. I mean, I think there were only one or two before her. Yeah. I think, yeah. You know, what, right. you know what we haven't gone through yet are the other, um, so when you're done, Sherry, I'd like to go through what the other tracks are going to be because we really haven't mentioned all the other tracks yet. Yeah, that was my question all right. right before well, Sherry it's called. okay with me. You know, I have one about uh, space station environmental conditions and human mental health, emotional and physical health of space settlers, uh, applications for a different one, applications for galvanic vestibul- vestibular stimulation in Rockets were the easy part, building equitable societies in space and 
And then another one about disability in space, which was very interesting because I hadn't thought about that before, but right after I had this, this woman uh, sign up to the grad, she, I saw, I watched, I looked at BBC News and there's a Paralympic who's been, I mean, a, a paraplegic who's been on a, on a, uh, uh, he's an astronaut and he's been on a, the vomit comet. So I read an article about that just a couple of days ago. <laughs> I don't think it's officially I, I like, called the vomit comet, Sherry. <laughs> Well, what's it officially called? What? Zero G flight. Uh, that's zero right, zero G, G flight. flight. Okay. Yeah. The formal name. Okay. Let me run through some of the tracks because we do have some new ones this year that we haven't had before. Indigenous Space is one of them that is brand new to, to this year. Um, space oh, development, whoa, whoa, many whoa, whoa, roads whoa. to space, which I mentioned earlier. Aggie, what is Indigenous Space? You know, that's a really good question. Rob, can you answer that question? You're probably no, better answering that than I am. No, because I didn't program that. I assume it's... Okay, okay hold on. Session. <laughs> let's, let's see what indigenous space, space you're, says. You're not going to see a lot about it on the site yet, because I think... Well, the, maybe we'll see something. No, it's not even... I don't, it's not even... Mentioned. No, I don't think we've gotten no, that. As I said, right. the, the whole outlines of all of them are due in today, May 1st. So you'll start seeing them up there later this week. Who's chairing? Um, we, who's chairing Indigenous Space? Who's chairing uh, Indigenous Space? It's on Thursday at ten to eleven. Jan Hawk is the one who's chairing it. Say that again. Um, Jan Hawk. Dan Hawk, like the bird. I think so. Yeah, I'm looking here to see if I can come up with some of the names of some folks in there. Um, but that is new this year. A lot of them are, are living in space, um, life support in space. We've got various debates and competitions going on. The many roads to space, which I've mentioned, space elevators, space policy, space ambassadors. The Rothblatt. Um, we've got Rothblatt competition. We've got poster sessions going on, and they're, they're incredible to see what the students have done. Um, the contest that they've entered and, and what they've come up with, they're really fun to see, and they're so enthusiastic about explaining them to you. That, that's, that's just a really part of, exciting part of it. We have hundreds of students that are there who come in from all over the world. Okay. A lot from India, a lot from Eastern Europe. So and they have, with, I, I have some news for you guys, okay? Uh, Dan Hawk speaks at AIAA conventions. He's uh, this really intrigued me, so I looked it up. He's the principal scientist with United First Nations Planetary Defense. Uh, he's an Oneida Nation, Native American, out of Wisconsin. Uh, he was born in, and brought up on the Oneida Indian Reservation, uh, and he addresses the United Nations Legal Subcommittee uh, and other groups on, uh, I guess. Uh, indigenous people going to space and being involved in, in lunar activities and opening it up in that. He's an Air National Guardsman and was also uh, in the Navy as a nuclear reactor operator on fast attack submarines. He has an incredible bio. So, listeners, if you're there, um, this sounds like a really fascinating guy to meet and to, uh, and, and to go listen to his uh, thing. So I guess that's Sherry who got off the line. Hmm. Oh, hold on. Well, I have a very busy signal. Aggie, are you there? I'm here. Okay, and Rod, you're there, so. Yes, sir. So why you can't, what happened? Where is Sherry? 
Uh, Aggie, I don't know, but I feel like I'm back in 1995 with that. Aggie, are you still there? <laughs> Aggie? God damn it. Sherry, are you there? Okay, Rod, are you there? Okay, okay, I lost... I... Okay, um, toll-free number. Space show. Okay, so why are they... Space show. Hey, this is Sherry. Okay, I Sherry. Because I thought you didn't want me anymore. No, so but I, I got to call... Okay. I got to call Rod and Aggie back real quick. Okay, are you there? Okay, Sherry, I guess you're off the line. Okay, so hold on, listeners. This this one is on me, okay? This has nothing to do with phone equipment. Um, when uh, Sherry hung up, it, it threw us all off. So just a minute. Okay, Rod, I'm trying to call you back and getting your answering machine, so please don't be on the phone and let me call you right back, okay, if you're still hearing the show. Aggie, I'll try you now. I got to get Rod on. When Sherry hung up and it disconnected, it threw us, threw me off the button. I pushed the wrong button, and off went wow. off went Rod and you. So this one's on me. So um, <laughs> you, you can go ahead and finish talking what you're going to do. I'm going to call Rod while you're doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just talking about the different uh, the different share, tracks that we're going to have, and we're starting to get all of them in now. And there are many different tracks and many different topics. So whatever one is interested in, there's likely to be something on it. Um, listeners, that's Rod coming back on, I hope. Hi, you've reached Aggie Tobin. Please leave me your name. Nope, that was number. me. <laughs> message. You got my number back and you got my voicemail. It's about me here. Gee, okay. So I... What did I do? I called the wrong number for Rod. You called the wrong number. You called my number instead of Rod's number. This is how I'm going to be the protagonist for uh, Pascal. <laughs> okay, uh, calling Rod again. Sorry about that, people. Boy, this is n- not good for my uh, senility here. Um, three nine nine four 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 oh. Um, this one's on me, Rod, so um, hmm. it's my screw-up. Not Can't blame it off on Cox. Uh, Aggie is back with us, too. Okay. Well, I'm here. So you were telling us about the different groups, and, and I uh, intercepted that to, to say that this guy, Dan, with indigenous people is very impressive. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, three or four or five of these are, are repeat because they do really, really well, so they repeat. 
uh, breakout sessions, um, but others are, are relatively new to us, and we're trying to bring in some new content every time we do this, and, and new speakers, and you know, interest things that would be of interest to to a lot of people. Uh, and again, very approachable, very conversational, which is really important for ISDC. I want to mention uh, for the web the awards to the web uh, space telescope science team, and Dr. Eric Smith is going to be there to represent and pick up the award, and he's the project scientist of that mission, as well as being chief and I think it's the astrophysics director, and I can never keep them all straight at, at NASA headquarters. So he's a major figure uh, and a very nice guy, and of course knows everything there is to know, so we'll be able, besides getting a great talk on Webb's progress, he's certainly somebody you can pull aside and chat with once the thing's over. Um, do they, Webb doesn't have its own track, does it? Uh, they're, they're, no, no, they do not. They are, they are part of the evening session on Saturday evening. Okay. Um, so you're still, it looks like you're still updating the ISD website with three and a half weeks. We are now. because some of those things just happened today. We got confirmation today um, on a number of the changes and switches and, and Eileen coming back in and you know, things like that. So a lot of those things, Eileen Collins coming back in, Eric Smith's a bit switching to the Saturday night, so um, luckily it all fits together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, putting all the pieces together. That's what it's always like. It's like this big jigsaw puzzle and fitting all the pieces together, making sure the sessions don't really compete with each other. They're different topic areas, so people will find something of interest, making sure the competitions are spread out throughout multiple days, so if people want to hear um, the presentations from the students or from competition winners, they can go to any or all of them because they're spread out over the course of several days, plus the debates. So four days works really well because we have the opportunity to kind of put these all in different places so people can attend the things that they're most interested in. And then the, in the mornings, we always start with a plenary in the mornings um, between 8.30 and, and uh, the 9.30, 10 o'clock mark. And so that's that's a really important part of it. Everybody can come to that. There's a number of panels there and luncheons and dinners. And then in between that, we've got these presentations and, and all sorts of other sessions going on and a lot of other fun things to do at the conference. Um, so you can keep very, very busy there. Uh, Charles uh, sent in a note from Chicago, and he says, uh, does ISDC have a happy hour? <laughs> yes, we have a happy hour every day. We not only have a happy hour, we have a happy hour every day from 6 to 7. We're going to be doing receptions each day. We've got some sponsors for some of the receptions and others we sponsor. So every day between 6 and 7 o'clock, there is a happy hour. And um, hors d'oeuvres and, and you know, a self-paying bar, but, but uh, sometimes we have some tickets for those. You'll have to ask me about that, David. Okay. And then we also have a party on Saturday night. Uh, okay, and uh, that's after the dinner, right? After the dinner, so it usually starts 9.30, quarter to 10, 10 o'clock. The people who aren't at the dinner sometimes go a little bit earlier. And um, NASA Federal Credit Union, who is a big sponsor of the National Space Society, is sponsoring that dinner. There will be a big cake. I'm not exactly sure what we're celebrating, but we're always celebrating something. So um, there will be a party and a big cake and, and a live DJ and things like that. 
um, on Saturday night for a couple of hours. And there's also hosted suites every night. So after the dinner hour, there's always something else going on for people that want to continue into the evening because the dinner is usually done about 9.30 or so, the dinner of the speakers. And so there's always something after that, oftentimes in the presidential suite or somewhere, and um, that's kind of an optional, but there's some food there, there's drinks there. Um, um, and so it begins at 8.30 in the morning and can end at midnight every night. For someone looking to a future ISDC, if they wanted to propose a, a new track, uh, what's the process to do that? That's more of a broad question. <laughs> well, it, it seems to me, I mean, we we have a couple of people coordinate that stuff. Dave Gressler and I do some of it. But it's ultimately up to Aggie's husband, Mike Coburn, who's the silent partner that does a lot of the heavy lifting in the background. He's, he's the man behind the curtain. And um, I guess, Aggie, uh, it would make sense to come in through the abstract portal on the website, wouldn't it? Because the 2024 website will be up very soon. It'll, it'll be up hopefully just prior to or right around the time of the event, and that probably is the best way. When abstracts come in, they're reviewed, and that would be a good way to suggest another track that might be interesting. And then the real goal is finding somebody who will then manage the track because all of these tracks are managed by track chairs, and about half of them are previous track chairs who come back in and do it again, and about half are new. So there's always the opportunity to do something different, something new. But if somebody somebody's going to suggest it, they should suggest something they would like to do rather than just throw out a topic out there and say find somebody to do it. You know, if someone has a particular interest in in a certain area, and they would like to be tractured, we would love to talk to them. Okay. Uh, listeners, if you want to call and uh, talk to Sherry or Rod, there, there still is time to do so on our program tonight. The toll-free number is 866-687-7223, but you do need to hurry up to do that. And email remains drspace at thespaceshow.com. Uh, another Charles... And uh, this one's in Denver. And Charles says uh, a couple of questions. Um, one, do you need to be a member of the NSS to go, or does your membership include, does your registration include membership? And number two. Is, let me answer that one first. Okay. That is an excellent question, Charles, because I think you, you, you should. You should get membership with, or I'll tell you, if you come in as a non-member, it costs you significantly more than if you join the National Space Society and came in under the membership rates. So I suggest to everybody that's not a member, join, join for the year. You get a substantial discount on the conference and on additional conferences and things that we do. You get invited free to a number of activities that are going on throughout the year. And you get Ad Astra Magazine. And we have to talk about Ad Astra Magazine for a couple minutes. But you get all of those things and your registration for the conference is less. You do not have to be a member to come to the conference. You can sign up as a non-member. But it makes all the sense in the world to become a member, get all the member benefits, and save money on the conference. Okay. The second part of his question was, if you're new to the space arena, how badly out of sync will you feel given that you don't know very much. That's a, um, I'll answer that, and then maybe Rod will say that's, something that's else to that. Hold on one at a time. Go ahead, Rod. All right. 
Uh, I think that's a really good question because you run into people there all the time and, you know, everybody's busy, but we do try to, to make time if somebody's brand new and just excited to be there to kind of go around introducing this to people and stuff you don't see at every conference. You know, a lot of them, people are seeing old friends or they're making deals or something. This is a little homier than that, and uh, we'll, we'll make the time to introduce people around and make sure they feel like they know what's going on and, and where to go. And I think there's enough talks, at least in my experience, that are at an introductory level or a, a medium level that you're never going to feel completely left behind. There may be stuff that you don't completely understand the context of, but if you hang around long enough, David, you and I have both been through this when we were younger, you just begin to assimilate it organically. So I, I would not say that anybody will feel excluded or talked down to. And, and I would say if you're in a session and the, and the Q&A opens up and you're lost, ask the question. And, uh, boy, I can tell you when I started out and uh, was, was working on my dissertation and going to space conferences, including NSF, I must have asked the dumbest questions you can find on the face of the earth to people. Uh, and and also during the sessions, uh, but that's how I learned, and I, I found people then that actually helped me and became uh, references for some of my work that I did. So just ask well, questions and don't worry about feeling like you're an idiot because the others are probably idiots and they think they know a lot. Well, I want to say, David, <laughs> when I kind of got back into this, I mean, I had strayed well off the path of space journalism or anything else for Gosh, I don't know, 20 years I was working in television and visual effects and all kinds of other stuff. I started getting back into this and came back to the NSS, having been a member in the 80s, but, but left long before that uh, in terms of, of coming back to this stuff. And you were one of the first people that I actually sat down and had a civil conversation with. And really, uh, you kind of, in your own very special, unique style, laid out what was going on and kind of clued me in, and I still appreciate that. I have a feeling that was at a Doubletree in San Jose, because I kind of remember that. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, well, maybe a little, little more than that. But uh, yeah. And I remember you had books there, and and uh, that's when I first invited you uh, to be a guest on the show about some of your books, because I wasn't familiar with you back then. And I was excited as hell. And that, I think, was a was a Space Frontier Foundation meeting. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we have a caller who is just frothing at the at the mouth to talk to the two of you. Hi, caller. Welcome to our show. Thank you for calling. Who are you, please? Uh, this is Doug Spada from Southern California. Hi, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I wanted to let your uh, listeners know about something. Um, I was approached uh, a few months ago uh, of, of on the educational side of the National Space Society to bring, uh, so my organization, the, the uh, Space Belt Network, we have constructed a full-scale mock-up of an inflatable moon Mars base. Uh, and um, uh, we uh, were asked to bring three of our nine modules to ISPC uh, as there was a um, sort of a drone uh, challenge event for students, uh, sort of sim- simulating um, uh find a drone in, in like a lava tube. Um, unfortunately, there is like a sort of a health situation that I think has significantly uh, interrupted uh, that, but uh, I have been asked to go ahead and bring the full InstaBase uh, display at ISDC. I'm going to be speaking with uh, 
the VP for Education uh, tomorrow to get the specifics on that. Uh, but there may be within the uh, the room where there's the posters, um, uh, the entire Instabase with all of our displays and, and educational posters and everything. And so, you know, in between breaks or during happy hour, uh, people would be able to go and, and check out uh, that very large exhibit there at ISDC. And, of course, I'd like to invite people to, to check it out. Right. Yeah, thank you for calling and mentioning that because I, I was going to mention that. that that's a, that's going to be an exciting display. And this is the, finally a location where we have room for it because I know we've talked about it before and we just didn't have the space to do it. And we're finally at a hotel at this um, uh, the Embassy Suites Conference Center in Frisco that has the room to do this. So we'll be having that entire exhibit there. Yeah, awesome. so Doug, I, I really Rod, I have a question. How, how big is this thing now? Because last time I saw it, it was a, a scale model. So obviously you've done a ton of work since then. Uh, yeah, this thing is so large, its footprint is the size of a high school gymnasium. So it's oh. very large. That's <laughs> yeah, exciting. It's full. So I, I am presuming Frisco 6 is probably the room that will be displayed in. Um I can't imagine any other room that would fit in. How do you get it yeah, to, we, to Dallas? Doug, how do you transport it to Dallas? Well, it's already in Dallas. Uh, there, There is a, um, I think, um, head of the local chapter has a connection. Uh, so what it is is after we took it to Boca Chica for the, uh, uh, at the time of the launch, uh, to Rocket Ranch, uh, we then, uh, I had my fellow who drove it there to, to actually just bring the trailer Pulled by an SUV, it fits, it fits within a, you know, sort of medium-sized trailer that you can pull um, by an SUV. So we actually took it, boy, not about a week ago. Uh-huh. It arrived at the fellow's house in Dallas. And so we'll be able to transport it easily to the uh, convention center. And then you, you drive it back to California? No, um, probably I myself am going to drive it back to Boca Chica because that's going to be our primary display, display location. Okay. So can I just add something here, David? Uh, I've known Doug for a few years. You're a medical doctor who kind of willed this whole thing into existence just by the force of your personality and personal investment. So I don't know how much external investment you've gotten since then, but it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting and unique creation story that you've just taken this on yourself to do. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm obviously, uh, you know, both feet in to, to space development and settlement, and so this is the current path, you know, the current level of, of development towards promoting these specific ideas for, for space development. Right. Okay, Doug, we'll, we'll, um, we'll be sure to look for it. Thank you for letting us know. You, you, you won't be able to miss it there. Hey, Doug? No. <laughs> Doug? Yeah. Post a, a comment or some information about it on the blog for this show, okay, to make sure okay. archive I, listeners and others uh, take notice of it. Let me mention, I, I may actually have an online uh, tour um, of it during the ISDC conference, and so if that's the case, then I'll go ahead and post the link to that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Okay. You. Thank you, Doug, for the call. Appreciate it. Good thing. Thank you. Um, guys, I know I promised you an hour, and we're over that. Have we left anything out for promoting 
IDC, ISDC for 2023? I, I think we've said most everything. I do want to talk about Ad Astra for a couple minutes before we hang up, though. Okay. Because we're going to have the, um, the, the spring issue of Ad Astra will be given out at the conference. It's, it's going into print <clears throat> hopefully this week or next, probably next week. And um, the first the first people to see that issue will be at the conference. We'll mail it out early June. And it is a 100-page issue with a focus on education. So it's a very exciting space issue. Education. It's our special issue this year. What, what kind of education, Rod? Space education. So okay. it's space-oriented, <laughs> primarily college university programs. This is also a section on, on high school and K-12. through But what we're really focusing on was, you know, how you find your path into this new arena, this new space race. And, of course, there's discussion about science and engineering, but also business and law and everything else because there's just so many opportunities opening up. So we really wanted to explore the whole spectrum. And then there will be probably six-page spreads of a directory of the different aerospace and uh, science, space science programs and space business programs also in there. So it'll be kind of like the U.S. News and World War Report University directory. We're not ranking them. We're just making sure everybody knows that they're there and how they can get a hold of it and what programs they offer. Looks like there might be a lot of space show programs in that, that uh, issue. I think so. Well, I'm, a, I'm anxious to see it. Um, I'm anxious for it to be done. Well, you're, you're, you're it's still a lot of work. It's a lot of work to put something like that together. So you're you're still the editor for it, right, Rod? Yeah. So we have a team of uh, three to four part-time <laughs> people, although less part-time than I'd like, uh, putting this together. And it's you know it's something you usually have an editorial team of eight to fifteen people doing, but we, we get by. And it is, it is in, on all the newsstands, or many of the newsstands now. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's in many independent bookstores, and we, we are in about a thousand bookstores across the U.S. and Canada. And books a million. And, um, and books a million. And, right. when, and when you join NSS, you, that comes with your membership, correct? It does. It comes with your membership, and you can also subscribe to it at adastromagazine.com. Um, but if you become a member, you get that. You get the discounts to the conferences, particularly ISDC. You get invited to numerous teleconferences going on and a number of other benefits. So for, for what membership costs, it is well worth joining. And if you're going to come to the conference, you save substantial amounts by being a member and getting the conference rate. Okay. I just want to mention that it's available in print, digital, and we have an audio digest version now that goes out on all the major podcast services. Um, anything else we should talk about before we close down? Mike, we should talk about your award. Um, <laughs> I, you know, well... Let's um, talk about know, why you're getting an award, David. How many years have you been doing this show? Uh, and, uh, it's interesting. It's almost to the day when I started the space show. Um because uh, I, I actually started the radio program in May. It was, it was under a different name. And it what was, year, though? Uh, 20, 2001. But the first space program, when I changed it to the space show, although I didn't change the name for another year or so, uh, was, um, I think, June 13th. 
and talk about living in space. That first program was Patrick Collins, who many of you know. And back then, space tourism was considered to be orbital. None of this suborbital stuff, guys. We we were going orbital with single-stage-to-orbit rocket planes. So we know how well that one worked out. But we we, we were talking about they were going to be living in space on single-stage-to-orbit rocket planes orbiting four, five, six times around Earth. And if you wanted more than just orbiting Earth four or five times, three times, whatever the, the trip was, there'd be hotels for you to be dropped off, you know, for a weekend or a week or two or, or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, that was early days of when I started the space show. That was living in space, although it wasn't termed living in space, but it right. would have taken living in space to do that. Uh, so the first space show was Patrick Collins. I think it was June 13th. 2001. Well, and so you've been doing this years. We've been doing this for week. 22 years. Yeah, it'll be 22 years old uh, uh, in Texas. So and you've been doing uh, it for and nonstop. I've never, aside from not doing shows because of sickness or travel or a space conference or something like that, it's been uh, continuous all the way through. You guys have show number. What show number are you tonight? You are number 4,022. Oh. No, 4,022. Wow. 4,000 shows. Uh-huh. And by the time I go to ISDC, let's see, I've got uh, several shows. So let's see, the last one I'm counting is, is Pascal. Okay, then one, two, three, four. Michelle Hanlon is the last one before I leave for Texas. So it'll be 4,033 shows when I show up at ISDC. Okay, so if I well can word before you start talking again, clearly I can't. Do what again? Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm trying to get a word in yes. before Aggie starts talking again. Go ahead. He's got a little light that lights up. Oh. As Rod's about to talk, so I'll start now. Go ahead, Rod. I think, hush, I think the reason... <laughs> One of the reasons, certainly, that you're getting this award is your continuity of service and the depth of what you've done. I mean, there's no, you know, I've got a podcast, there's lots of other podcasts out there, but there's nothing that's been as successful as long as what you've done that has plumbed it to the depth that you have. And virtually everybody, anybody, with a few possible exceptions, has been on your show. And that's that's a remarkable record, a remarkable run, and I can't tell you how many times when I was working on Space 2.0, the book I put out in 2019, how many times I went back and searched through the archives to find old archival recordings of your show because it's just such a, a treasure trove of information. And it was it, it was and is an incredible resource. So well, bravo to you and well-earned award. Well, thank you, but why don't I have any groupie followers like rock stars and stuff like that? Wouldn't you just rather have a big paycheck? Yes, <laughs> I don't have. We all know how much money there is in this racket. I don't. You know, when I started the space show, first of all, I started before podcasts were around. Uh, but there really wasn't uh, a full-time radio show devoted to things like space tourism, commercial space. I mean, we we had commercial space, uh, of course, because all the companies in America are commercial. Uh, uh, you know, they're private sector companies. They just did projects for, for the government. But um, 
none of that really existed, but if you look at what evolved over the years, well, well certainly podcast technology evolved, and then um, people um, could get um, on phones and they, they could go to Best Buy or Amazon or wherever, and you could buy a, a simple little digital video camera and shoot home movies and make make your own films and all of that just blew up into huge. And now everybody has a podcast on every topic you can imagine, and some you, you never dreamed of could be a topic with followers on podcasts. But, you know, we've stayed, in a way, old-fashioned. All of our programs are live, uh, and all of our listeners have a chance to talk to the guests on telephone or send in real-time email or even communicate with the guests after the shows are over with. We do a lot of connecting with people, so it's more than than just a podcast. And uh, I still would like the groupies and the big check. What can I tell you? <laughs> and now I'm 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 almost going to be 77 at this gig. So um, I, my birthday is June 4th, but I won't be there for my birthday. And so I'll be 77 when the space show turns 22. Uh, so where where have all the checks and the groupies gone, Ron? So well, I'm sorry to tell you that I'm your groupie. <laughs> so uh, you had in mind, I'm sure. Well, and Sherry, uh, we I cannot leave Sherry out of that discussion because she is a, a friend beyond all friends. And so uh, yeah. I I have known Sherry since the days of going to Space Frontier Foundation meetings, trying to get information to to write sections for my my dissertation long before. I ever thought of anything like the space show, which, by the way, was an accident. But I'm not going to tell that story because that is part of my very, very brief thank you comments for the Pioneer Award. <laughs> Doesn't have to be that brief, David. You can have. A I was going to say thirty seconds or something. No, it, it 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 will it will be very brief. I'm I'm saving. Well, no, my I will have been the protagonist for Pascal before the awards, so I won't have to save my energy for duking it out with Pascal, except that I, I, I agree with him, so that that's a, a hard challenge. So, Aggie, am I, am I introducing David for his award? I forget. That would be really nice. Either you or Sherry should, one or the other of you. I'm not well, sure if you're scheduled to do it. But. For Sherry to do it, but if it's me, I, I get to torture a little bit and start asking him like really inappropriate questions about space. That'll keep him up there a little longer. <laughs> well, it's got to be fun. Well, um, you can do that. I mean, I, you know, there are some people I interview, and you probably run across this too, that want and insist on questions in advance. And I, yes. I did that on one show years ago with a guy from JPL. And I swore up and down I would never, ever, ever do it again. It is a total disaster. And I refused to do it. And um, mm-hmm. and I am really good, at least I like to think I am good, about creating questions from what people say. And and so I, I tell people, look, uh, a lot of my questions for the Space Show interviews come from what you've said. And, right. And I... Sometimes we'll stop you and, and really demand clarification because what you said is really startling in one way or another. Or I'll just take a lead from what you said and, and, and go deeper or go in a di- different direction. Or I'll read your book and I, I have 10,000 questions and the publishers always send you a, a Q&A 
sheet for all the dummies who don't read your book and wouldn't understand it anyway. So, so um, you know, you've got some ready-made questions to uh, avoid dead air or something like that. But um, uh, I, um, I'm fine with asking, being asked anything. And if I don't know the answer, I just say I don't know the answer. I can't answer that one. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of people are really different, and they want questions in advance, and they want to know that they can give an answer to the question. They don't want to right. ever say, I don't know. God forbid they shouldn't know something. But anyway, that's another story for another show. Well, that's way better than giving the wrong answer. Well, I'm sure I've given wrong answers, too. But, uh, you know, I'm not perfect. Close to perfect, but not perfect. <laughs> damn, damn close. Yeah, damn close, right. Uh, I don't know what my rating for perfection would be, but uh, I'm, I'm clearly uh, not perfect, and um, who knows what else. But anyway, this is this is separate. But, yeah, if you introduce me and you want to ask me questions, I'm I'm totally cool about that. And if I can't answer it or I refuse to answer it, like if you say who's the worst guest you ever had on the show, I won't answer it. Well, you'll just turn to me and say <laughs> you, Rod. Um, no, I would not. You know, say I was that. I was thinking as you were saying that about about people who can really cover all the bases for answers. And one person that comes to mind that I've had in the podcast, and you probably had him on your show, is Steve Jurvetson. I've never had Steve on the show. He is. He's got a brain that makes the worldwide computer network look anemic. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And here's a guy who got through Stanford engineering in two and a half years as an undergraduate and just took off. I mean, he went you know, through the GSB as well, the Graduate School of Business, but just took off and uh, you know, achieved great success and great wealth, basically. And he probably would would push back on, for, to me on saying this, but basically saved SpaceX in their darkest hour. Uh, major investment in, in Tesla and so forth, and just the nicest guy, and can speak on just about any subject from, of course, space and engineering and space science to biotechnology, health, physics. He's even uh, been posting something not too long ago on his interest in the use of psychedelic drugs for therapy, uh, legitimate therapy. So just a fascinating guy. Uh, him, him, and Jeff Grayson are two of the people that I cannot stump, and I've tried. Yeah, I I do know Jeff, and he's been on the show multiple times, and he's very articulate and very well versed and very broad minded. Yeah, yeah, he, very impressive. He's a scholar. Is he going to be at ISDC this year? I I believe so. he will be there. He's I don't think he's scheduled yeah. to speak this year. He spoke quite a bit last year, but I do believe he will be there. You, you used to have a a panel on uh, advanced propulsion known under different names that, that you might have. Um, is there anything on advanced propulsion this year that you're aware of? I didn't see it on the schedule, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And one of the things about Many Roads to Space that we like is if we get last-minute additions that are fascinating and desirable, we can put them in there because, of course, it's Many Roads to Space, right? Right. So it's kind of the, the catch-all track. So every time you walk in that room, you're going to hear something on a different topic. But I didn't see it on the rundown. I can look. Because I've heard Jeff speak at ISDC oh, in, yeah. in the advanced propulsion uh, things, and he, he is very, very well informed and very knowledgeable, and but easy to understand, which it makes it very important 
Yeah, he, he really knows the room, and, you know, he's designed, at least on paper, a number of uh, advanced interstellar propulsion systems. So haven't had a chance to fire him up yet, but uh, he really knows his stuff. Yeah, I don't see anything specific to that, but that doesn't mean it won't be there. Okay. Um, well, we're pushing 90 minutes for a full space show program, so. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, David. Um, well, thank you both. And if something uh, is new and, and noteworthy between now and ISDC and you want me to make an announcement or post it on uh, on a show blog or something like that, let me know. Just email me or, or text me or something, and, and I'll be glad to add it to an existing show that we have. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And. And make sure, and I'm sure you do invite all of your listeners to come to ISDC, come meet you, um, have a chance to see you accept the award, and just enjoy the program. What exactly, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but tell people what the Pioneer Award is, and and Pascal is getting it, and uh, Jared is getting it too, correct? Yes, I believe so. So there there are, are three recipients. Of the same word, we 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 hold on to it for four months each, and then we ship it out to the other person. <laughs> now you each get your own. You each get your own, and in fact, there may even be an additional one because we had um, we had a few people who didn't get it over the the COVID years. Uh-huh. So there's some awards we're actually catching up with as well. They they received it um, in a different way, and some of them would like to receive it at the event itself. So we're doing a few different things this year because of that. Okay. Um, what well. is the Pioneer Award? Can you briefly tell people? So, if I may, the annual Space Pioneer Awards recognize those individuals and teams whose accomplishments have helped to open the space frontier. The awards are divided into 13 categories, which I'm not going to read. The intent is to recognize those who have made significant contributions to different fields of endeavor to develop a space civilization that will establish communities beyond the Earth. Thank you very much. And, <laughs> and I haven't memorized it yet. I had to read it. And thank you to uh, Sherry Bell as well. Um, I look forward to seeing you, you both in, in Texas, and uh, thank you for being with us. And I'll look for your updates if you have any and you want me to announce them, and uh, travel safely. Great. Thank you, David. Thank you so look much, forward David. to seeing you in Frisco, Texas at the end of the month. Okay. Uh, listeners, uh, that's it. I have some spatial business I'll do when everybody is off the line. I don't want to take up their time for it, uh, but uh, if you're listening live, stay on. And if you're an archive listener, don't disconnect for uh, another two minutes. Uh, I want to thank again Rod and Aggie, those of you who called in, those of you who emailed in, and uh, we appreciate it. The week is young, so it's really young because this is Monday night show. So have a great week, and as we like to say always, Keep looking up, and good night from Aggie, Rod, David, and the spaceship. Thank you, David. Thank you, Aggie. And Rod, good night. Okay. Uh, good night. Uh, listeners, I just wanted to uh, mention our, our sponsors, uh, even though it's at the end of the program. Northrop Grumman Space Foundation, Astrox, which is uh, A.J. Kothari, AIAA, Celestis, the National Space Society, and Dr. Heim Ben-Roya. We would not be doing this program without their great support and great help.
and uh, we thank them very much for that help. Many of them will be at ISDC, uh, and uh, hopefully you can meet some of the people from these different organizations and uh, tell them that you hear their name all the time on the space show and, uh, you know, that uh, you are appreciative of there being a space show sponsor. Uh, that's it from the space show and from David. Good night, everybody.